You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros podcast. So y'all, summer is in full effect, okay? And I think that a lot of times when we start to see, or I'll talk about me, when I start to see people out and about and doing things and not wearing a mask, like all these things, I'm like, okay, the panty's over. Like what now? And all my problems, I feel aren't supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in the summertime. I'm supposed to be out and about and kicking it. And I'm going to be real with y'all, this past Sunday, I did not want to be out about and kicking it. Like I usually don't go out on Sundays anyway. And I always tell y'all like Sunday is my day. Um, but Friday I was out with people. Saturday I was like out and in. And Sunday I had plans to leave the house. And I felt like I was supposed to. I was going to see somebody I hadn't seen in a while. And I was going to be able to hang with the girls and whatnot. And I didn't go. And it was great. <laughs> so I just wanted to one, start off with, we're still on our individual journeys. Um, pandemic, non-pandemic, whatever your comfortability level is with traveling, everything, like take the opportunity to live your pros, even as you're responding to what's happening right now. And I think while I'm processing my life and things that are happening with me that I will share with y'all eventually, but I just want to work through it, girl. Okay. So as I'm working through some things, I did want to make sure that y'all really felt me when I say that we're, there are just so many things that happen to us individually that shape the next. And I wanted to bring somebody on the show who understands that. Like she didn't been through some things. Okay. And she wrote a book about it. And as y'all know, on Power and Pearls, that is the beauty. Like That is where we truly stand in everything that God has called us to be. When we one, survive the trial and then feel so empowered that we pick up our mat and want to tell people about it. And so I have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person that we're going to be engaging with in conversation today. And her name is Rachel Williams. So a little bit about Rachel. She is an author, speaker, and coach, helping everyday women of faith step into their true God-given identity, discover their purpose, and create the life they love. Who wouldn't want to talk to somebody who's helping people do that, right? So without further ado, please welcome Rachel to the show. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Des. I'm super excited to be here with you today. You are like, just already got me cracking up. I was trying so hard not to laugh before I was intro, but I love it. <laughs> no, I'm so happy that you're here. And I mean, it's for real, like, right? Like life happens to all of us and for all of my 20 somethings I listen to the show girl yeah I ain't tell people did not tell me that the 20s is gonna be like this <laughs> Man. Man. I thought I was gonna be good and so and don't get me started after you start going over that 25 hump I know some of y'all aren't 25 yet and those of you who are older than me I'm 27 those of y'all who are older than me you like probably like girl chill but when I tell you I'm like shook I'm shook. So life is happening. But before we kind of dive into what's going on with you, I want to hit you with some rapid fire questions. We never really done rapid fire, but it just dropped in my spirit that we should do it. So let's get into it. So one, where are you from? Um, I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm from a small town in Illinois called Freeport. Um, You probably have never heard of it, but it's like two hours outside of Chicago. And then I've been in Dallas, Texas for the last five years. 
we have listeners in Illinois. So if you're from, what did you say, Shreveport? Freeport. Freeport. Shout out to the Freeport peeps. (laughs) They might be tuning in. And then we also do have listeners in Texas. So shout out to Texas. Um, Your favorite person in the Bible? I would probably say Ruth. Because she is just like, she has incredible character. And I think her story just shows that like your character matters. Like even when people aren't watching. And she mm-hmm. also just has like so much faith. Like to see how faithful she was throughout her story is just like, dang, how can I not be like this? <laughs> um, favorite or maybe not even favorite, but just a go-to place that you have been eating out at in quarantine. Mm, I really love sushi. Like any place mm. that has sushi that we can try, like I'm down for it. We found this place called a Pokey Nacho or it's called Loki Pokey. And we go and get these tuna pokey nachos and they are like amazing. And I was like, oh my God, I was hooked after the first time. I think I went like four times in one week because it's so good. Not four times. Yeah. It was really expensive too after I went four <laughs> times, but it was good. <laughs> That's the thing. Food eating out has been getting me. I used to definitely be a cook at home girl mm-hmm. and it's the scales have been tipped, okay? Um, last thing, last thing, last thing. Ooh, favorite quality about your husband? Ooh, he's just yeah. so patient. Like, I am, I try to be, and I try to say I'm getting better, but my patience level compared to his is like zero. And he just has an incredible amount of patience. He's so like even keeled, even when I'm like extra. And we're just like a good balance because everything that I lack in, he's real strong in. Come on. We better come on with the equally yoke. We better come (laughs) on with the complimentary. Get into it. And I'm claiming that for me. All the singles on the phone, I better claim it. Okay. Um, Well, I am so happy that you're here. And I kind of wanted to dive into just perseverance i think that when i read your book it was that that's the main thing that i got um and perseverance not necessarily in a trial sense i think most of the time we think about persevering or we think about um the fiery furnace or just things on our path it's about getting through that i think of like mario and it's okay i'm on level six and i'm trying to go to level seven what i gotta do what i gotta hop over to get there and i think as Christians, that mindset can be dangerous. I am a person who I do, do, do. I want to do. How many podcast episodes can I get out? Like last episode was episode 50. And I was so excited about it. But that's because that's that's what drives me. It's like, okay, that means I did 50 episodes. You know what I mean? And so I think if I have the mindset to be do, do, do all the time and I, I lose sight of God somehow in that. Um, And so... I just want to kind of chat about perseverance and in your story. I think that you did have to keep your eye on when you didn't. You have to eventually recognize that he wasn't part of your story at that point. Um, and so one, I guess I will back up and share with everybody that as with Rachel being an author, she is the author of a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, just the way she tells her story, it's like real and you know how people, y'all know, y'all done read some books and people, it do not seem real. It's like, what is happening right now? Like, you ain't telling the whole story and I want you to tell the whole story. Like, tell me everything. Put me in. And that's how I felt when I was reading. And so, 
Rachel, Rachel's book is titled, I Am, How to Boldly Walk in Your True Identity and Live the Life You Were Made For. And when you hear something like that, it's like, well, yeah, how do I? <laughs> because I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to figure it out. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, and so I guess now that the listeners have only heard the title, they've heard your name and they know that you like sushi. <laughs> <laughs> When people meet you, what's the one thing about you that they wouldn't assume? I would probably say, like, most people don't think I'm extra goofy. Like, my husband gets to see it because he's around me all the time. But, like, if you see me out in public, most people, they meet me, like, if I'm speaking on a stage or they're coming across me because, like, they read my book. And they just assume because they read my story because they know a little bit about me that, like, I just have it all together. I'm just, like, this girl that just brings it all the time, which... Obviously, I try to because you're mm-hmm. bringing your message to other people. But like behind closed doors, I'm super goofy, and I try to get other people to like see that when they're talking to me or when they meet me. Like I'm just super regular. I'm super like chill, down to earth, and that's what I want people to get from me when they meet me because I believe that people have to be able to relate to you first before they really mm-hmm. hear you or hear what you have to say. And so I always just try to be like your homegirl, your sister, your friend, because that's just how I am. That's how I approach. All my relationships. I'm super goofy. I'm really down to earth. I try to be laid back <laughs> most of the time. Um, I just like to have fun. I love that. And it it truly, I know you can't read it and try to get to know you because you are you, but it does come across in that way. Like I think some people, especially if they're sharing a lesson or a how-to, it comes off of like, girl, don't tell me what to do. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It just, there's yeah. a... a connection that's missing and it's mm-hmm. not how I engage with your story at all so, so shout out to you for that it yeah, came you. across in that way thank you that's exactly uh, what I wanted because I was like I've literally been in this spot that I'm telling you that I've been in right now so I'm not going to try to act like I'm so far removed even though I've been mm-hmm. in it's like I was here girl I get it I was here and I never want to come from a place where I'm judging somebody else because they're there and I've moved past it like no we're all really in this together that's humility, y'all. Do y'all check it? Because it's there. <laughs> so for those who haven't read the book, can you give us a little bit about your story? Like you're an author now, you're a coach now, you help people stand in their purpose, but how did you get there? You know, it it wasn't one of those things where I was just like, I'm trying to get to this place. I think just going through life, there were so many different things that happened to me. And people used to tell me all the time, like, you have such a positive outlook. Like, I would never know that you've been through all the things that you've been through, like, mm-hmm. from, you know, being adopted at birth to, like, my adoptive father, you know, struggling with drug addiction and really growing up in that, going to college, experiencing sexual assault, like, all these toxic relationships. And it's just like, dang, I'm, I was 25, no, 26 when I started working on the book. And so I was like... I went through all of these things before I turned 25 and like, I'm able to stand here and say like, I've been through all of these things. And I recognized that when I was there in that thing, I lacked community. I lacked a woman that was able to walk alongside me and be like, girl, like you got this. This is not the person that you have to be. You're called to so much greater. And I didn't have that. And I really wish that I would have had that. And so when I started the journey of writing my book, I was really just trying to be that person that I wish that I had throughout all of those years. One, I'm thankful that you shared because while I haven't walked through everything that you walked through, I could relate to certain, like the way that your story unfolded. And that is the power 
I think knowing where you pull your power from is important. So owning our story is the first step, because if you don't recognize what's happening to you, then you can't really process that it happened and try to move forward to bless other people. Mm -hmm. So I think that is amazing. And then, I mean, yeah, if you're talking about sexual assault, you're talking about being adopted, talking about toxic relationships, how did you go from even realizing, okay, I don't went through all this stuff, like for real, (laughs) and this really happened to me, (laughs) to let me tell people and put it in a book and then sell a book on Amazon. Like those are two different spheres to kind of sit in. Absolutely. I, well, when I was kind of working through all of this towards the end of when all of this was happening with, um, in the book, you'll, you'll read about how I lost my, um, biological mom. And around that time I was going through counseling and the counselor was like, you need to write all of these things down because she's like on her deathbed and you're going to have all of these feelings and you're just going to be left with them. So you need to start writing the stuff down. Even if you don't tell them, like you need to write it. And so there was just times I would just be journaling because all I could really do is like cry. I couldn't vocalize all of the things that I was feeling. So I would just write them down and I would just be sitting in my room crying. Like that's kind of how I worked through it. And then fast forward, maybe about a year later, when I started working on the book, I was like, this is a powerful story. And then my husband was like, you need to write a book. (laughs) Like, you really need to write a book. And I heard people joke about it before, like, girl, you can be on a Lifetime movie with all of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, And then we actually were in um, our life group. My husband and I are part of this group of other couples that really just come together, try to make our marriage stronger, work on our faith, all this stuff. And I was telling them uh, my story and they're like, you need to write a book. And I was like, okay, enough people have said it. Like I probably should write a book. And initially it wasn't even about like selling my story. It was really just like, this is obviously a message that can impact so many people's lives and I need to get it out. And a book seems like the easiest way to get it out and the fastest way to get it out. And so it just became a book. And then I was like, okay, I'm I'm about to sell this and get a few pennies from it. So (laughs) it didn't really start that way, but I was, it's, come that it's it comes that and it's it's been a lot that's come from it since i published the book people will affirm you when you have to do something whether you see it or not and they're gonna tell you over and over and over that you should do it like you'll see the theme of it and that honestly i get very annoyed (laughs) when that happens when it's something that i don't want to do i'm like i'm not ready and so i think when you finally meet in that spot and it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I think it's just so dope how you say you weren't even trying to make some coins off of it and now like you done got my money because I show it's like you know what I mean? It's like it just like happens in that way. And I yeah. think is it actually doesn't just happen. It's like obedience and then blessing comes from the obedience. So Absolutely. Yeah. I would agree with you. And I also think around that time I was going through this season of like I didn't really know what was next for me. Because I, you know, moved down to Texas, had these jobs, and I thought, like, okay, I graduated college, like, I have this really nice job, I've officially made it, and I still felt, like, really, really empty, and so I went through this season of literally just, like, fasting and praying and asking God, like, what I was supposed to be doing, and I had heard him say before write a book, before all these other people started telling me, but you know Mm -hmm. how we do ignore stuff we don't want to hear. And I remember being at a conference and it was all about like women walking in your power, influencing other people, doing what you're called to do. And I was sitting in the audience and I was like, God, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, I don't know. You haven't told me. And he was like, Rachel, write that book. 
Like that's all he would say. Every time I would ask, he was just like, Rachel, write that book. Like I've already told you. And I was mm. like, okay, God has said it. Like all these other people have said it. I just need to write this book and God will take care of it. Now I'm over here like, mm, it's something I need to be doing that <laughs> I'm not doing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yikes. The book is kind of separated by chapters, as books are. And for each opening of the chapters, there's like an I am statement and a scripture that kind of accompanies it before the chapter starts. And so for the I am special section, you had an excerpt in there that I want to read to everybody. Our upbringing was compounded by silence and secrecy. And so at this section, you're kind of talking about your early days with your adoptive parents and like your dad struggling with his drug addiction. And so I, again, don't have that same story, but my upbringing was also silence and secrecy. What happens in this house stays in this house. And I fear that a lot of cool kids relate to this and struggle with this and learning what happens in this house stays in this house, learning that some things just shouldn't be shared for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has lasting effects that we don't really realize. And I believe wholeheartedly that it's true that everything can't be shared with everybody, like period. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I think we get into trouble when that's transferred into your mentality with how you talk to God. And mm-hmm. I think that happened to me. There were some things where I was like, we don't talk about that. And that's it. Even to you. And you see everything. You know everything. You everywhere at all times. So cool. We don't got to talk about it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, great. We don't got nothing to discuss. And that that strips the power, right? So if we're talking about power and pros, owning your story, becoming who you're supposed to be, living in your authentic truth, but you can't share your truth with the person who created your purpose. Mm-hmm. There's a conflict that happens there. And so for you, as you were learning to open up to other people, even open up to yourself, how did your prayer life shift during that time? Like, were you shut off to God as you learned in your family and then it opened up? Or did you feel like God was a person you could talk to because you couldn't talk to anybody else? Kind of how how was your prayer life? Yeah, that that's a good question because I think for so long, my relationship with God was like so superficial. It was like growing mm-hmm. up, we had faith. We went to church every Sunday like we knew God. I saw my mom. She just was, she is an incredible woman of faith. But I used to sit there and be like, okay, my mom doing everything she's supposed to be doing. She tithing, she doing this. And like, we still over here struggling. We still over here in this situation. So like what, that was kind of a disconnect for me. So I went through life. I obviously, I believed in God. I, I had what I thought was faith, but it was really superficial. And I think what really happened is I had to be taken away from that situation. So I moved Mm. all the way to Texas and I wasn't even trying to get away, but I was just moving away to kind of start my own life. And when I was in that place where I was isolated because I didn't really know anybody in Texas, that's when my prayer life got really strong. And I was like, okay, I can't rely on just my mom's prayers or just my grandma's prayers or my aunt's prayers. Like I have to do this for myself. And that's when I started to develop a real relationship with God. And that's when my prayer life got stronger. Because I was like, okay, I don't have anybody else or anything else. So I have no choice but to rely on you. Like, I don't even know what to say. I just know, I just open up my mouth and I pray. Like, that's all I knew because I didn't have anybody else. So I think moving down to Texas and really dealing with some of that stuff on my own is what forced my prayer life to get a lot stronger than what it was when I was living with my family. 
come on, talk, talk, let's talk about it, okay? Because that same thing happened to me. My prayer life was not on 10, babe, wasn't an eight, <laughs> wasn't a six, for real. Like, my prayer life was trash before I moved to New York. It just, it just was. And I think it was because I was figuring it out. Up until I moved here, I didn't need God for nothing. Like, you know, I don't got a million dollars. I ain't living like Beyonce now. Like, I could have more stuff now. Right. But, for the most part, I was like, okay, I I got into this school. Then I transferred and I got into another school. Mm-hmm. I got into my program. I got into Delta. Like I was like, I have figured it out. I'm the girl who made it out, St. Louis, Missouri, and now I'm I'm here. Okay, right. so I felt good and I have faith. But yeah, God pissed me off. To be honest, I was like, okay. I was going to church. I was doing this. I was doing that, and I still had to deal with stuff with my family. I still. Don't got Beyonce, Jay Z money. I was like, you know what I mean? It's like so. Yeah. So what's really good? What are we talking mm-hmm. about? I'm figuring it out. Until I moved to New York, and I, this city, you can't just figure out. <laughs> in my opinion, it just it just don't work like that. You can try, and plenty of people move to New York every day with that that very mindset. I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah. I'm telling you. It does not work. And it definitely don't work when a pandemic comes in. You didn't know it was coming. Like, it just, it won't, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for me, I had to do the same thing. I got here, and I found out, I talked about it previously on the show, I found out that I was pregnant shortly after I got here. And I was like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? It just yeah. was like, that's not my whole world, because I made it. I graduated. I did my internship. I got my internship to hire me. So this, my plan has worked. Yeah. So now you're telling me not to pivot. Yeah. What? And I just, I was not strong enough to deal with that. And I didn't know what to do. And so I was like, okay, well, I got to talk to somebody. But obviously, I don't want to talk about this. Like, this is not the cute part of my story or what I want to share. And so, yeah. of course, my big homie God was there. <laughs> he was like, okay, I've been waiting on you. To talk to me and you didn't have to wait until your world was shattered yeah. to pick up the phone and say what's up you know and so I think it's just so interesting how certain things happen to us and it does it, just, it pushes your faith in a way that only it only could happen to you at that time to make you do it it won't happen before unfortunately so I yeah I can totally relate to that I get that, especially like people like you and me who are super self-sufficient and strong, like in our own right. And like you said, everything you've been doing, it had worked for you so far. And I was the same way. I was like, I graduated college. I got these scholarships. I've got into Iowa. I got this nice shop. I did this. Like, I'm good on my own, right? And then you're stripped of everything that you thought you had kind of built up for yourself. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, (laughs) I can't do this on my own. So... I need somebody. And I mean, fortunately, God was that person that we both went to, but Mm -hmm. that's not everybody's case. So I'm really fortunate that I knew, at least I had that foundation early enough to know like, okay, God is who I'm supposed to turn to. Because girl, if I didn't have that, I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know what I would have been doing. No, for real. For real. We sitting out here like, dang, what are we going to do now? (laughs) So yeah, I mean- that brings me to the next chapter. I mean, I am strong. I have a hard time. I think a lot of people struggle with believing that. And honestly, I would argue Christians probably struggle with it more because the verses get misconstrued. And it's like, 
you know, like it, we just talk about God's strength all the time. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't God, then it seems like it translates to we aren't strong, which is not true, you know? And so I think as we try to shift that narrative and that mindset, and as you're going through all the things that you went through, you can feel boggled down. I'm sorry, but life has a way of punching you in your throat and you being like, I don't have nothing else to give. Like, I don't feel strong right now. I don't know how I'm going to pull through. And yeah, I think that's when you have to tap into God's strength. But I have to remind myself of God's characteristics and then follow up with I'm made in his image. So I too have those characteristics and people don't really sit there long. And I think that we spend a lot of time calling on God for, to heal us from something, calling on God to make us strong, calling on God to whatever. And it's like, I literally, that wasn't a welcome packet. Like, you got that. You good. <laughs> the welcome packet, yes. <laughs> You're good, you know? And so as you were going through everything that you were going through that you talked about in the book, which the link is in the show notes, so make sure that y'all cop a copy. It's available on Amazon and Kindle. How did you realize like those moments when you have to say, okay, Rachel, you're strong. You can do this versus saying, okay, I need to tap into God's strength that supersedes like far, far beyond what I can do in this situation, especially when it comes to like forgiving your abuser, forgiving your parents, like forgiving yourself for different things. How do you make that transition? That was really difficult because I think for so long, like not that I'm not strong because I am very strong, but it was like this persona of this person mm. that I created that was really strong. Like that Rachel that I wanted everybody else to see was really strong when behind the doors, I was like, mm, on the floor every night. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I was doing, but it was, I think the shift for me was realizing that God was not going to bring me through these things or bring me to these things just to leave me there. And mm-hmm. I heard somebody talking about it. He, Because I think I was complaining one day, like, you know how we do. We go on our little rants. And I was complaining how all these things are really tough. And he was like, you know what? I just think of the story of, you know, Peter walking on water. And I was just talking about how I'm looking for all this dry ground because I feel like I'm surrounded by water. Like, I don't even, I feel like if I take another step, I'm about to drown. And he was like, God said to me, I didn't create you for dry ground. I created you for these hard things because everybody can't take these hard things. Like if I give some people these hard things, they're going to buckle and they're going to fall and they're going to drown. But I know there are some people that I've created just for these hard things to be able to come out on the other side and bring other people through that water. And I was like, hmm. When you look at it like that, I'm like, okay, God created me knowing that these things were going to happen to me and he was going to bring me through. So on the other side, I was able to help bring other people through. And when I look mm-hmm. at it like that, I'm like, that's the strength that I need to walk in every day. Like, I can't mm-hmm. like, God, I can't do this because I know God is bringing me through to do that so I can reach back and help somebody else. So when I look at it like that, I'm like, no, I wasn't created for dry ground. Like, that's too easy for me. I got to go. That's good. Wasn't created for dry ground. Let's talk about that. I think, yeah, if you think about him right, he was the only person in the boat, but he the only one that got out. It's like, yep, created. He wasn't created for dry ground. He just makes. That's good. Whoever told you that? I know. I was like, well, I'm <laughs> now I always use that because it's so good and it's so true. Like it's absolutely so true. Hmm. 
Wow. I'm over here, I'm sitting here thinking like there's so many things. Yeah, we do complain. I did push myself yesterday. I could have complained yesterday, y'all. Woo-wee. And I didn't. I was just like, you know what? I just refuse to accept this. Like, I, I my faith was on, come on, my faith was on the 10 yesterday. I was just like, I cannot accept this my reality and the, the more attention that I give it the more that I speak life into it the more that I dwell my mind on this it's just gonna get bigger and bigger and be real and realer so I just can't like I was like it, I don't know I acknowledge that I felt that way and I prayed about it so I wasn't avoiding it or ignoring it but I was like I can't sit in this sit in that, like yeah. it's not gonna benefit me so I I think that just makes so much sense that we have to think about what we're built for Mm -hmm. and that kind of helps you understand what you can take in on your journey while you're walking on the water and what you shouldn't because it is going to make you drown if you hold on to it yeah i did want to talk about the i am enough chapter the i am enough chapter might be my most highlighted chapter so i got the kindle version so i can highlight um but i think yeah i think this might be my most highlighted chapter and it's because I mean, this is the struggle that I have, right? It's like, there are things I want to do, and I try to set myself up to do them, period. Like, <laughs> that is just how I'm set up. And so when you reach the thing, the top of the mountain, and it's not how I thought, it has the potential to crush me because my mind was set on reaching that thing. And so... That can go with career. You mentioned your career briefly in the beginning and like quitting your job and stuff like that. And how, yeah, you thought things were just going to pop off mm-hmm. and it didn't pop off. How you thought it was going to pop off. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah, my career means a lot to me. I wish I didn't, but it does. Like yeah. it just does. And so I am in a tension point right now because I'm I'm really coming to terms with how much it means to me. And coming in terms of the fact that it cannot mean that much. Like, it, it just can't. And so that's the tension point that I'm kind of sitting in. So when I read the I Am Enough chapter, and you're talking about, so I'm going to give people a, a, a little gist. Um, pretty much at this point, Rachel is, she has her biological um, parents and then her adoptive parents. And so in the I Am Enough, in, in the I Am Enough chapter, you share about meeting your adoptive parents parents for the first time and it's been 18 years y'all she was 18 at the time and she's finally come to this moment it's like a journey to even find them let's start there and then you find them and you said and i quote it wasn't the magical moment you envisioned where everything clicked and just made like you know what i'm saying where everything just was like magical and i had to pause at that sentence because I mean, you know, first of all, we watch too many movies about stuff, mm-hmm. and that's how I be. People meet people that was long and lost, that they thought was dead. Like, it's like all these things happen, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to just be magical, and that's when the music is turned up, and that's when it's like, you know, that's what happens in the movies. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, she found them. Like, I'm telling, when I tell you I was in it, <laughs> like, okay, she found them. Like, what's <laughs> up? And so for you to be like, and then they were nice. Because that's another thing. So I've been telling everybody, I've been watching Real Housewives. Y'all know they got me down bad, y'all. They got me. So I watch Real Housewives. And that has happened to two of the housewives on two different franchises. They have tried to reconnect with their um, biological parents. And they have had doors shut in their face yeah. 
with cameras on them and we all looking like, dang, like, you know? Yeah. And so that didn't happen to you. Y'all going to meet up. I'm like, okay, this is not Housewives right here. This is something else. Like, this is serious. And so the fact that you still didn't feel fulfilled, that's just like when you go for a promotion, you get the promotion, you get the money, and you're like, oh, not this didn't make me happy. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what's happening right now? Because this is what you, this is the mountaintop. And so I think so often we walk through life aspiring to get to the next thing. And we know that that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't, we're like, okay, God, is you tripping or I'm tripping? Because why is not? Yeah. <laughs> why is this not working? And so just speak to us a little bit about that. Like, how do you make sure, how do you get to that, like, I am enough standpoint? Before I go for the promotion, before I go for this one last try with my ex-boyfriend before I go to meet my adoptive or to be my biological parents. Like I'm enough and I'm good. I know you weren't there at the time, but being there now, how, how do you stand in that? Yeah. I had a lot of those moments. Like I'm like, okay, I've reached the pinnacle. Like this is where I need to be. And you mentioned like meeting my biological parents. I think that was one of the first moments for me. Cause it's like something you've been working towards or you want it for so mm-hmm. long. You have this idea of what it's going to be like. And then when it happens, it's like, Hmm, that felt kind of flat. And then that can start, to, you can internalize that stuff and you can mm-hmm. feel like you and like you need to do more and you need to be better and you need to achieve more like the same thing has happened with promotions or like you know career paths that I've been on and it's like I have to sit in this I know regardless of what happens like I'm still gonna be Rachel at the end of the day and I was created in this certain way for a certain reason and this has to be enough like if I don't get all of these things that I've been dreaming about, I have to be okay knowing that God created me just like this for a particular reason. But I think until you come to that realization, like you're just setting yourself up for disappointment because everything you achieve is going to be good for five minutes. And then after that, you're going to be like, okay, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's mm-hmm. the next thing? And you're always reaching for the next thing instead of enjoying like that moment that you've been in. And I still find myself with that now, like, you know, running a business, there's always these things that you're like looking towards and you're always trying to get to all of these like milestones. And then if it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen, or if it happens and then it doesn't feel right, you're like, okay, uh, <laughs> okay, what's next? So you're always like running this race and you're going to run yourself ragged trying to always get to the next thing. So then you just have to sit in that I'm going to be good regardless of the the accolades that come to me or regardless of the relationships I build or regardless of the business I build, whatever you have to know that like me alone, if you strip me from all of that, me and God, we good. Like I'll be good with that. Which is difficult. It is. It's not, Which is difficult. it's not easy. And I say that, like, I'm telling you this, but I still deal with that. Like all the time, like I still have to constantly tell myself, okay, well, if God chooses to not bring this into my life, I'm still going to be okay. Because right now, if you think about it, I'm sitting in an answer prayer from years ago. Like I might not be where I want to be ultimately, but God has brought me leaps and bounds from where I was before. So you have to know wherever God has taken you, like you have to be satisfied with that. Which again, difficult. All the things like ugh, difficult, but is yeah. is doable. And I think we have to... Um 
shift to believing it's doable because some stuff just people say like that happened to me like we say that all the time and when we have that dot 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 on the end of that it's like that's it's a wrap like I wouldn't be able to survive it there's no hope in that place and that's why I don't want to be there and I think there are plenty of spaces we don't want to find ourselves in or situations Mm -hmm. but Having that mentality, like, I'm going to be good even if I do end up there, like, that changes the game. I feel like you can start to attack things in a different way versus trying to avoid that forbidden place. Because then if you find yourself there, now you're in a deep, you're in a deeper hole that you have to dig yourself out of because you you just couldn't even fathom that there's hope to be found there. Um, So I think I'm trying to understand that. Yeah, like, God's God everywhere. Even that place that I wish I wasn't at, it's like, well, yeah. at least God got over here, child. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that way you can pull your girl on up out of this. And so I think that is a, a valuable, valuable thing that we don't dwell in enough, if we're being honest. Like, that we're enough. And I've talked about it with PMP. I have struggled with that with this podcast where, of course, I can see numbers. I can see text messages I get from people. I can see reviews. I can see Instagram likes. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I can start to be like, okay, am I doing enough? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And it can make me overwork. It can make me underwork because I have anxiety. or Like you said, internalized things. And so I'm trying to find that middle ground of like, okay, what works for what me and God have talked about? Yeah. What works for that? What works for what I feel like I've been graced to do at this moment? What works for me making sure I rest so I can do what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do when I'm not supposed to rest? Like all of those things, I think that's the delicate dance and the beautiful balance that we have to find, which is countercultural. Yeah. And I'm trying to remind myself of that too. It's like Absolutely. most people know, it's like I don't want to be broke, so they work hard. It's yeah. hell not to be broke. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then if you find yourself broke, then people are depressed. And now you go to this, this, <laughs> right. and that, that happens. Right. Where I'm like, okay, if I have to, like, be on a shrug bus for a little while, it's like, okay, well, you know who can get me off the shrug bus? God. Like, you know, I just have to, like, change my mind to think that. I did want to kind of pivot to the writing process in general. You wrote a book about your actual life, things that have actually happened and things that you actually have to work through, like with your, with counseling, your husband, within yourself. And so I guess, how did your faith strengthen throughout that process? Because then you have like editing, you have letting other people read it before it goes out officially, like all of those things. (laughs) So how was your faith strengthened through the writing process specifically? I always tell this story about one day when I was writing um, and I used to like leave my house and just go to like a coffee shop and I would be there for a couple Mm -hmm. hours, write whatever. And there was this one day and I usually would always pray before I write, like in the car, right before I get out or right when I sit down before I start writing, I will always say a prayer and be like, God, lead me, God, guide me, whatever the prayer was for that day. And there was one day where I was just like, all right, I need to get this chapter done. So I'm gonna just go write whatever. And I did not pray that day, like did not pray. And then right after I had finished my chapter, I packed up, went to go somewhere, opened up my computer when I got there and everything that I had wrote that day was gone. And it was like Dang. a lot. Like I had wrote a lot that day and I was like, oh my God, like I was almost done. I want to cry, all this stuff. And like, I was sitting with somebody and he started laughing at me and I'm like, bro, this is not funny. Like this half my life I just wrote down. Um, and then I had called my husband. I think he, was he my husband at the time? Yeah, he was my husband at the time. We had gotten married. 
And he was like, well, did you pray today? And I was like, no. He was like, well, apparently you weren't supposed to say what you wrote because if you was, it would have been, it wouldn't have disappeared. And I was like, dang, okay. That reminded me that I need to continue letting God guide me and not just write what I thought I was going to write, but let him be the person to literally just like throw out the words. And all I had to do was throw my personality on it. Like, that's literally what I did. I was like, God, whatever you want me to say, go ahead. And I would just throw in some girls and some sisters because that's how I talk. But like literally everything that I was writing, I felt like it was flowing every single day, which made the writing easier because I had to really trust God because I was putting a lot of myself in there. Like if you read that, you gonna feel like you really know me because that's literally my life, like in 150 pages, like that's my life. And so I literally had to be like, okay, God, like, okay, this is big. This is big. I need you. Cause there were some days where I was reliving a lot of the like pain and the trauma that I was writing about. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, dang, I haven't even dealt with this myself. And I'm like, helping other people work through it. So I'm working through it as I'm writing. So me and God were like, we were literally best friends that entire time because I needed a lot of that healing that I was going through and I needed him to lead me in what I was supposed to be saying because I was still working through some of that stuff myself. Mm. I think it's very important that you say you still have to allow God to lead you. Most of the time, once we get the instruction, we just like, okay, cool, let's go. Like, yeah. good. We don't got to talk no more. I see you on the stage. You know, I got my acceptance speech from my Nobel Peace Prize. Like, it's like, we good. And the thing, I listened to a sermon recently and it was talking about the thing that God desires the most is us. Like, he literally wants time with us. And when we just take the instructions and run, it strips him of the time. So yeah. whatever he got to do to get the time back, it's going to happen. So it's okay. You ain't process everything. Aha, you have to come back because, yeah, like let's spend some time and work through it together. Um, so I just think that that is super important. I know that there are a bunch of different things that you guys are doing. We have like realtors who listen to the show, chefs, um, people in fashion, like just different types of peeps that I have talked to so far. And I think that, Whatever instruction that y'all have, whatever is the very next thing that you're working on that you want to do before the summer ends, anything, make sure that you're still going to God about it. I feel like there's there's still revelation on what it could be. So I've started the show, right? I get the gist of how the podcast is going to go. I get the gist of the type of guests I want, what have you. Every episode, still pray before it. If I write an idea down, I'm talking to God about it. Um... I don't know, just any any leg or arm that's going to spawn off the podcast. It's like, okay, what does this look like? And when I don't, I'm not going to say that, like, I don't know, my Instagram post disappears or something like that, but I feel more anxious yeah. before I post or the caption's harder to write or, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like you can tell it's not as smooth as before. And so I want to say to y'all, if that little something pops up or a red flag that's kind of an orange flag, so you could ignore it, but maybe you shouldn't, mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all now, don't. Like, it means something. And when you tap into that, he can tap into you and like for it's just further affirmation on who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do and when you're supposed to do it. And all three of those things are key for you to stand in your power. For you to understand yeah. after the book is done, who should edit it? After you sold that last stitch, who like should it go on the website now? How right. much should it be? Like all of those things go into it together. And you can get overwhelmed trying to figure that stuff out mm-hmm. all by yourself. 
and thinking that God empowers you to be overwhelmed because he gave you an instruction. It's like, he's supposed to be there every step. Yep. Mm -hmm. As we wrap, what is like the major power move that you would say is the key to accepting who you are? Like your, or your favorite, like I am statement that you included something you have to tell yourself today. sound funny but sometimes I literally have to stand in the mirror and be like I'm a boss and not to say it like arrogant okay Issa Rae <laughs> and I don't even be trying to be like arrogant like oh I got it all together but like I have to remind myself of all of these things and all of these talents and all of these like skills that God has empowered me with because it's still very easy to look at this person and, and look at that oh my person gosh, and yeah. yourself. but I think for me, remembering that I should value my purpose over my platform is probably the most important because I think too often we get caught up on the likes or, okay, God, I want to be an entrepreneur. This is how I'm going to reach your people or I want to have a podcast or I want to write a book or whatever. And we're just looking at the platform or the medium that we're trying to produce instead of the purpose that God has called us to. And if you lose sight of that, then you're going to be too focused in me trying to get likes for this or trying to build this or build that. And we just lose sight of what God is trying to call us to do. So I have to constantly remind myself, okay, God, I'm a boss. Yes. But I want to constantly like walk in my purpose every single day, whatever that looks like, whatever platform you're calling me to, like what's most important for me is to continue mm-hmm. walking my purpose. And when I have to remind myself of that too, when I kind of get lost in the sauce and I'd be over here worried about things I don't need to be in, I just need to come back to that every single time. As always, we have a power tool and we're going to get it from our girl, Rachel. So for all the listeners, what is like that final thing? Like if you listen to this podcast, you related to a piece of your story, things that I share. What's that one thing that you would urge everybody to do at the conclusion of this episode? Mm. You know, I'm going to say something that I never really thought I would say because when I was growing up, you know, I was in the church, whatever, my whole life. And I would see people like praying in tongues and like doing all this stuff that I didn't understand. Right. And my mom told me that we were filled with the spirit when we were kids. But growing up, I never really used my prayer language. I just would talk to God in my regular language. Mm-hmm. And I would say about six months ago, I started praying in the spirit and it absolutely changed my prayer life. It changed the way I approached life. It changed everything about my relationship oh, yeah. with God and just how I live my everyday life. And it's just opened my eyes up to so many things that I couldn't see in the natural. So I usually don't be like, yeah, girl, you need to pray in the spirit because I hate being super spiritual and being like, you know, that religious person. But no, that's that's accurate. Like in the last six months, since I have been actively praying in the spirit, like it just, wow. Like my mind has been blown to so many things. I didn't even realize I was praying for, but I was praying for. (laughs) And to see it happening around you, it's just been, such a whirlwind. So I would say that my power tool has definitely been praying in the spirit. And I would encourage any woman who hasn't had experience with that to start, even if like you just starting from the beginning, just start and begin to explore what praying in the spirit looks like. Cause it absolutely is mind blowing and it's changed my life. Come on for that. I'm actually very, very happy that you said that. So I have been able to pray in the spirit since I was a teenager. I remember when it happened, like, I remember the altar call, I remember, like, <laughs> who laid hands on, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't remember when it started for me, but I knew that I could do it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, as I said, like, in, I knew in high school and college, I didn't, yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. And even a lot of times since I've been here, 
I haven't. And in the past, um, I would say two or three months, past two or three months, um, Mike Ty at Transformation Church did a sermon series Ooh, on the Holy so Spirit. Yes. He did a, a sermon series on the Holy Spirit. And it just starts off with explaining who the Holy Spirit is, then going into also like relating that to who God is, who Jesus is as the Trinity and and all of that. And then, you, I don't know, it's like a, it's a couple of sermons together. I want to say it's six or seven grouped together all about the Holy Spirit. I think it's very informative whether you grew up in church or you went to church for the first time last week. Mm-hmm. And then there is a section in that series that talks about your heavenly language. Yeah. Um, and I think that even for me, a person who I have the, I speak in tongues already. I don't do it as often. I don't do it every day. I'll tell you that right now. And it convicted me one to be like, okay, you need to get on that. Like that is a yo direct, like you got God on the back phone, the main line, like, and you're not going to mess it up. Like, I think the thing is people get so boggled down with addressing pain when they pray. So it's like, let's not talk about this because I don't even want to talk about it. They get boggled down with shame because you are repenting for something. You're having to admit that you thought a certain thing, that you said a certain thing, especially after arguments. I want to talk to the guy after me and my mama had a disagreement on the phone because I'm like, I shouldn't have been mad at her, but she was shouldn't have been mad at me. Like it's like you just have all these yes. storm of yeah. feelings that you're dealing with. And that is what stopped people from praying. And then you look up and you ain't talk to God in two, three weeks. Like it's like, now how do we get here? Right. And it's because of that feeling that she didn't feel like dealing with. That's real. You don't want to un unclothe everything at the time. And I think that's why praying in the spirit is so dope because you don't have to. You don't have to fully you, your spirit is and your heart is and your mind is starting to shift. And but you're you're an active participant because you're activating it with your words. However, you you're not having to like do the work of processing it all mm-hmm. at the yep. same time. Exactly. And that is what is so dope, the fact that it's even available to us because that's not how we work. Like every time you're having a conversation with somebody or approaching some type of conflict, you most of the time want to figure out how you feel. So that way when you tell the other person and they tell you how they feel, you can pro like you know, you yeah. processing it out together. And with God, you don't have to do that like it's like the greatest thing ever and I had to remind myself in the past couple of months and like okay girl well if it's so great why are you not doing it <laughs> like what's up with that what's good and so <laughs> I am going to link that series in the show notes I actually will only link the um prayer language sermon which I want to say is the last one in this series and you can back it up on their YouTube channel and hear the others or they have a podcast as well Transformation Church but I want to share that with y'all I actually shared it with a friend um and I just think it's so powerful and again I urge you to watch it whether you can speak in tongues already or you have never spoken tongues and you don't know what we talk about I think it is just like it can unlock something for you and you can pray in tongues during that message after or it could take you another year, two years. Like, I don't really know what your journey is or how what it's going to unlock for you. But I do think that it's required reading. 
to have an advocate, a helpmate, some somebody who is available to us at all times, no matter what you're going through, and you have a specific language for you. Like what Rachel's talking about, different than what I be talking about. Like we have a whole different conversation over here. That's dope. Like it doesn't happen in any other language space, religion. Like it just ain't a thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna link that in the show notes for you guys. Um, and I think that's one of the most powerful power tools that we've ever had so thanks for that like it really really is um so i think everybody has heard you talk we've been chitting and chatting for a beat and we know a little bit more about you um but of course if you get the book you'll learn a lot more and i really think there are a lot of lessons affirmations that you can get from rachel her story that are said that aren't said that are implied and that you just gravitate towards based on where you are that she can really really help you with so to further help the cool kids that are tuning in let us know how we can keep up with you yes um well of course you can get my book that'll be linked in the show notes but you can also find me on instagram it's probably my favorite place to connect i love new friends like I just like talking and having conversations. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Rachel Williams underscore. And Rachel always has an extra letter because my parents are being extra. And it's R-A-C-H-A-E-L. So Rachel Williams underscore. It's not extra. Girl, she's talking to somebody. My name is Destiny with an E, <laughs> an A, and two more E's. Like, I have an extra letter. It's like, join the club. <laughs> like it though but still it's like always correcting people how to spell it so i just yeah spelling it out before they misspell it oh imagine <laughs> yeah i have to do that all the time so usually if i'm going to starbucks or something i just tell them my middle name so we can just keep yes. it cute but okay well some of us was just blessed with it girl i don't know <laughs> For everybody to keep up with Rachel, be sure that you follow her on Insta. It'll be in the show notes. And then, of course, the link to her book available on Amazon and Kindle will be in the show notes as well. Please, 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 if you could support her, that would be amazing. It's a really great story. And again, I think it could help all of us, no matter where you are, on your journey to discovering your authentic truth. To keep up with PMP, all the cool kids across the world. I truly do love y'all. And I'm so thankful for every episode, every Instagram post, every DM, every just moment that we share together. It is no small thing for me. And again, even though not seeking affirmation from y'all, however, it's nice when I get it. So I love you guys. And you can be sure to keep up with the show on Instagram at Power and Pros Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the Pros and Praise Pages newsletter, you can be sure to do so in the show notes. I share different poems, um, guests that are on the show, links to their episodes, and then just scriptures and moments of gratitude also every newsletter. And so it's a really, really great resource. And it also gives me a chance to hear from you guys, whatever you connect with you can write me directly back i'm on the other side of the emails y'all and we can engage in that way off the podcast so be sure that you subscribe that link is in the show notes as always i love you guys remember to profess your power and there's power in prose. till next time